It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who will win the starting linebacker job next to Leighton Van Esch? All that and more this episode of Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. We are continuing with our preview series, getting you ready for Dallas Cowboys training camp later in July. Today, we're to the uh, the linebackers, a, a pretty important part of this defense. Yeah. We know Leighton Van Der Esch is going to be one of the starting linebackers. We'll get to him in a second. But my first question for you is, Landon, who do you expect to win <laughs> the other starting linebacker job this year? It's it's a very good question. I mean, obviously, I think looking at the situation and just kind of following the through lines of the positions and the storyline of the position, uh, I would have to think that Damone Clark is probably going to get the first shot, right? Just based on what we saw last year, the way that he performed uh, after coming off of the injury, um, and, and it, it appeared that you know he had he definitely took some lumps and he had some issues early on, and, and I mean, obviously, that's going to happen with any kind of rookie player starting it for the first time. But I feel like he really kind of evened things out a little bit. And I think all that experience is really going to help him uh, when it comes down to training camp time. I think he's probably going to get the first shot out of the gate. Uh, and I and I think that, the, you know, the guy we've been talking about a little bit, uh, a little, you know, the last few days, it feels like uh, Jabril Cox is another guy that, you know, they haven't forgotten. We haven't forgotten, uh, you know, still kind of waiting for a real healthy shot at that spot after kind of, you know, coming back last year, not being all the way back from that ACL injury. So I think that those are the two guys who are going to be the first out of the gate. Uh, And if they, if neither one of them can kind of grab that job, then it'll be really kind of interesting from there to see, does Overshone suddenly show up and, and, you know, make a, make a play. Do they feel like they need to go out and get a veteran linebacker? It's, there's a lot of options on the table right now. Um, And I think that there's a clear, you know, kind of hierarchy, but that's likely all to change, you know, the first few weeks of training camp once we get in. I would expect the Cowboys to have better linebacker play this year for a couple of reasons. Number one, Jabril Cox and Damone Clark are both coming off of injuries, right? Like Damone Clark really didn't do anything all summer yeah. long. Um, did he even practice in training camp? I, I don't think he did. did I he? think he took mental rest because if you remember, like it was a neck injury, so he could move around, but yeah, he couldn't do like you know do contact, any linebacker things, he, right? any actual linebacker tackling or anything like that. So yeah, it, I mean, it was kind of more mental reps, but probably you know more than Jabril Cox got his rookie year. I would imagine. Well, and then Jabril Cox coming back from the torn ACL, his his snaps were limited in training camp last year as well. Yeah. Plus, both these linebackers now have multiple years in the same defense. I just expect between one of those two guys to just be significantly better and be upgrades over Anthony Barr, who played it seems like a million snaps for them last year. <laughs> like they, they kind of have to have one of these guys step up. But I've got a, several questions about these two players. 
in an ideal world, which one of these players do you think pairs better with Leighton Van Der Esch? Like, which skill set matches up with Van Der Esch the best? Yeah, it, it's interesting, you know, because they, you know, we kind of view them. It's easy to view these guys as very similar players, but you know, they're both guys that kind of were injured coming out of LSU. Day three, LSU guys, day right? three picks that, that we felt like could have been, should have been day two guys. Um, I think that, you know, the, the, it, it, it really depends on the situation, right? Like I think that Clark is probably uh, a more rounded skill set as far as like being able to play both the run and the pass equally. Like he feels more like you're kind of, early down linebacker right traditional fact, linebacker right yeah and, and, and honestly i wouldn't even be shocked if you know eventually when leighton van der Esch goes that uh, that uh that clark actually takes his spot as that middle linebacker because he's kind of the bigger athlete and he's I and mean, mm-hmm. he's you know more of like the 245 ish guy i think probably yeah. coming in so I, I think he's probably more your traditional kind of for early down linebacker, and that means he probably will get you know that kind of fit. That he's probably a better fit for like those you know kind of running and chasing and knocking down uh, passes in, in in like you know short passing stuff. And then if you're actually asking for like a, a, a nickel package to come out, or if you want a linebacker who specifically can cover running backs out of the backfield or or tight ends or that sort of thing, I, I think that's obviously where Cox is going to be a little bit better player. And, and maybe what they do early on is is just kind of what I described, is sort of cobble together that second linebacker position, um, you know, based on the situation and 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 based maybe even based on se- uh, a series. So. It'll be interesting to see how they get deployed for sure. I, I think that's the answer. I think they're just going to try to cobble together who that second linebacker is, whether it's, you know, Damone Clark, Jabril Cox, maybe it's J. Ron Curse, maybe it's Donovan Wilson. And let's not forget, like, Micah Parsons is going to factor in here at some yeah. point. Like, he's he's yeah. not going to take the lion's share at lion, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, of his snaps at linebacker, but there are, he's going to play linebacker. And I, I think we kind of have to remember, like, the factor that in here – too. Like, if I set the over under on like 150 linebacker snaps, would you say over or under there for Parsons? I think I think you set a very good line. I think 100 is right, probably, you know, what we're talking about. So I would probably say under, but I would say if it's under, it's just under. Yeah. You know? But I so, mean, that's still a significant, that's significant probably amount. What, yeah. Maybe somewhere between five to 10 linebacker snaps a game. Yeah. And, and I think you know, that's that's a lot more than, you know, um, guys who are only playing linebacker are going to get, I would think, you know, yeah. like your third or fourth linebacker may not get that many snaps during on defense during the game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he definitely is a factor in the linebacker room and we should consider that. Uh, obviously he's not going to take it the, the majority, I, I won't reuse your pun, uh, of, of the, of the snaps there, but, but I, it's enough that yeah. yes, we do need to account for it when, when discussing the position. Last thing on Jabril Cox and Damone Clark. Which one of these players do you think has the higher ceiling and which one is the most likely to hit their ceiling, in your opinion? This is not a slide against Jabril Cox, but I just feel like Damone Clark is a better athlete just in the sense that he's bigger and bigger and and he's got similar speed i mean they clocked him as at times if i'm not mistaken on in training camp as the fastest player on the field like he was faster uh gps wise uh during training camp he hit faster speeds than michael parsons did um and 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 that's at you know similar size like 240 245 pounds Mm -hmm. plus he doesn't have pass rushing skills but 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 that sort of similar kind of freakish athlete situation he has kind of that kind of speed. 
Now you combine that with what we know about the person, uh, Damone Clark. And, and, and I think that that's, that's what makes me feel pretty confident that he's going to hit that, that, that ceiling because, you know, he just is, he has a, 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 a mental you know, approach to football that, you know, is going to make sure that he gets there. He works so incredibly yeah. hard. There's a reason he was able to even come back last year uh, after missing all that time. And, and it's because he worked insanely hard to kind of leapfrog all these other linebackers, despite the fact while dealing with a neck injury uh, and then come in and play pretty decent football. So I think Clark, just because of uh, not just the athletic upside, but who he is as a person, just seems like he's going to make make it where he needs to. I 100% agree. And I think there's a better than 0% chance that he's the linebacker that just stays on the field all the time. And it's maybe Leighton Van Der Esch, who the Cowboys are trying to mix in and out to basically try to save his body a little bit so he can be healthy you know, by the time the playoffs yeah. come, yeah. I won't be shocked if Damone Clark ends up being one of those guys that plays 60 snaps every single game. I really won't be. No, absolutely not. I, I mean, I think he has that kind of skill set that if he hits his, you know, his ability ceiling, uh, he, or even yeah, if he gets close a, to it, right? Like yeah. he, there's just not many players in the league, especially in today's NFL, yeah. that are 240 pounds that can run and run like that. have the yeah. ability to, to play between the tackles. And I think he could potentially do that. Let's talk about Leighton Vandrush because, yeah. frankly, I'm kind of surprised that he came back uh, on a very team friendly deal. Uh, this offseason. Let's talk about that next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting MLB on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200. That's right. Uh, just bet 20 bucks and you'll land $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. That is 200 that you can spend betting on anything and everything from the money line to the over-under to who you think will get the first home run, all in an app that is safe, secure, and super easy to, to use. Plus, when you win, you get paid instantly. There is no better place to bet on the MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to, to get up to $200 back in bonus bets. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we are back talking about the Dallas Cowboys linebackers going into the 2023 season. One of those linebackers and probably the most important linebacker mm-hmm. is Leighton Vander Esch, who played last year on a one-year deal, came back uh, to the Cowboys in free agency, uh, got a two-year deal that was only – was it like eight million, twelve million, something like that? Like very, very small deal. Why do you think he decided to come back? It's a good question. I mean, honestly, I felt like there was not a great chance that the Cowboys were going to be able to retain him this year because I felt like he played really great football last year. I mean, he really did play very well, um, and and I think surprisingly well. I mean, again, I think 
we felt like he had had kind of a career resurgence previous to this, like, you know, a, a little bit of a bounce back after dealing with neck injuries and stuff. Uh, but we're all, all always kind of chasing that rookie season that he had that was so fantastic. He, he was an all pro level you know, player. Um, and I think that last year he kind of showed you a little bit of that same player. He's, I don't know if he went completely back to that form, but I think he's a lot closer. And, and, and I was surprised when he came back, honestly. So, I tend to think that it has something to do with his comfort level and his fit. You know, I, I think that that's part of it. And then I think the other part that is, you know, part of the reason that the Cowboys felt comfortable drafting Damone Clark is that they have an intimate knowledge to exactly what his medical history is. And I think the medical history, uh, especially the, the type of neck injury that both him and Clark uh, have, the Cowboys have got their hands around it. They understand what it is specifically. And I think that there's just teams out there that are like, you know what? That's just too scary. We, we don't want to spend a bunch of money on a guy that we feel like uh, uh, is, it, it could just, you know, get, take a, take a weird hit or make a weird tackle. And then suddenly not being playing football anymore, or so we were having to watch something horrible on the field. So I think the Cowboys, because they uh, have a little bit better knowledge of that injury, especially now, uh, they felt a little bit more comfortable about re-signing him, and, and I think that it, it kind of suppressed a little bit of Leighton's market. All right, so a couple of things here. So first of all, the deal is two years up to eleven million. So, yeah. I mean, you're talking about, I mean, five, five and a half, and a half million, million a year at most. Yeah, nothing. There was a significant amount of interest from other teams in free agency. I, I happen to know this for a fact, uh, but you you referenced it. it. The medicals are scary, and I think there was a lot of other teams that weren't going to pass him on the physical because they're afraid one hit would be basically the end of his career. Dallas is obviously more comfortable with it. They know how to manage Leighton Van Der Esch's neck. I, I just wonder if Dallas is the only realistic location that, that Van Der Esch really had in free agency, even though the team, other teams were interested. You know, I mean, look, he may have gotten other offers. Like there may have been other teams that had kind of, yeah, that, that may have like, uh, uh, you know, kind of weighted that risk and then uh, uh, reflected their contract offer based on it, right? Like, okay, well, and that's that. That's it. I mean, I'm dancing on some you know yes, stuff. I yeah. don't want to talk about it too much, but yes, there was teams that were willing to give him more money, like on Twitter, uh, like mm-hmm. basically where you see Adam Schefter say, "Hey, this guy got this much money, this much money," uh, but it was the guarantees where, hey, if you don't yeah, pass our physical, yeah. you're not getting any guaranteed. And I think the Cowboys were more willing to do that. Yeah, I mean that's that's not surprising, and unfortunately, because of what happened with him, and 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 frankly, with Demon Clark too, um, it's just you know it's it's one of those weird things where it's not necessarily affecting his ability to play or his effectiveness on the field. No, but just that you know that that uncertainty is enough that you know teams don't want to guarantee multiple millions of dollars to a player who may only play two snaps, three snaps, suddenly get a hit, and they, they can't well, finish the rest of the contract. Especially at that position. Like, I think, obviously, you're starting to see teams in the NFL like just devalue the running back position by saying, we're not paying that a veteran any money. I think you're starting to see that at linebacker as well, right? Like, if you're going to guarantee money to a linebacker, you want it to be a guy that has a perfect bill of health. Yep. And unfortunately, that's just not Leighton Vanderesh. But Leighton Vanderesh, the player, is still really effective. Look at the yeah. kind of the on and off splits last year. And I know those can be noisy, but when he didn't play in the final four games of the season, you noticed it. Like there was a significant drop off between Leighton Vanderesh and every other li- linebacker on the roster. 
Yeah, and I think that's the thing, right? The the Leighton Vander Esch, the uh, uh, the prospect, not the, really the prospect because he's not, but but the contract, you know, is is different than Leighton Vander Esch, the player on the field. Like Leighton Vander Esch, yes. the player on the field, is someone you want on your team. Uh, he's, he's fast. He's rangy. He's big, big linebacker, and he's got a wide uh, uh, wingspan that can, you know, envelop ball carriers. So uh, he's very valuable in the middle of that defense as uh, as just a guy who closes passing lanes with his with his wingspan, as a guy who's a sure tackler. Um, you know, the the Cowboys got a a very talented, you know, plus starter at the position uh, for very cheap, simply because no one really felt comfortable with gambling uh, with his medical situation. I think part of it also too, is the kind of, you know, linebacker is the running back of the defense, right? Yeah. Where it, it's, this, there's tons of them constantly coming in. You can run, you know, go find a guy who could be replacement level. There's going to be a ton of rookie guys that could come in and play. Uh, so there's lots of teams who are just going to be less uh, 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 likely to gamble on a talented player like Leighton Vander Esch, uh, as opposed to like, if Leighton Vander Esch was a, uh, uh, you know, a talented offensive tackle or something exactly. like that. Where you know, if he was a tackle, that this he would have been signed up. But because there's so many linebackers, young guys that are coming in, they're willing to not gamble on this kind of talent because there's just a number of guys that will come into the league well, that will be give you replacement level talent. And remember when the 2018 draft happened, there was some noise at the time that a lot of teams kind of failed him medically failed him because yeah. of the neck. And that comes back to if you're a free agent, they're going to go back to their draft notes, and if they failed you during the pre-draft process after, you know, four or five years of playing, they're not all of a sudden going to like you, even though you've been able to stay on the field the last couple of years. Like it's just, it's just one of those things, but I would expect, and we talked about Mozzie Smith yesterday, and maybe the improvements on the interior defensive line. If the Cowboys get better play at defensive tackle this year, I wouldn't be surprised if Van Der Esch has a pro bowl year because he's despite his size being six, five, two fifty five. He's not really like a take on guards and shed blocks no. type of linebacker. He's very much a, you know, I'm going to run sideline to sideline, make every single tackle, be a sure tackler, and that's how I win. I think if they can protect him a little bit better, I expect him to be really solid. Yeah, I mean, I think you know with the addition of Mozzie is really going to help you know kind of clean things up for him. You said it; he's not like a stack and shed linebacker. I mean, we, we've talked about it since he got drafted. You know, he learned how to avoid tack, uh, blockers at the second level, not yeah. necessarily take them on. Uh, and and you're right; like despite being his, a bigger guy, he's not necessarily the uh, the jack inside linebacker that no. you're used to, no. where they're attacking guards and you know he's not Brady James, right? Yeah, absolutely not. No, he's running around the blocks, not not right. running through. So uh, I agree. I think you know the addition of Mozzie is this is something that we should include for all these guys. Hopefully, will help keep a lot of these guys a lot cleaner this year. And yeah, I think Layton is the guy that will hopefully benefit the most from someone like Mozzie being in the middle. All right, let's talk about the Cowboys' third-round pick, uh, a linebacker-slash-safety from Texas that I'm really curious to see how Dan Quinn uses next. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. 
Welcome back to the Lot Done Cowboys podcast. Every day is uh, tomorrow's show. We're going to answer your Twitter questions, so make sure you send them in to me at Marcus underscore Mosher at McCool BCB, and we will answer them on the show. But, Lana, let's finish up talking about the Cowboys' third-round pick, DeMarvian yeah. Overshawn, who the team selected from Texas, former safety. What do you think the role is for him as a rookie? <laughs> is it just going to be as a special teams guy that plays occasionally on defense or – do you think he could earn a bigger role? It's, you know, uh, we've been kind of batting this around a little bit since he got drafted. I mean, I, I think it's clear that he is going to be some kind of hybrid safety linebacker. Uh, I, I think likely what they'll work on is truly making him a will linebacker and just kind of that's getting him up to speed. At, 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 you know, his, that's his first tool that he'll learn, right? And everything else will be kind of based out of that. Uh, but I mean, again, like I, I wouldn't be at all be surprised to see, uh, you know, a special dime package or something where he's the linebacker or, you know, him playing some sort of kind of second level safety overhang defender in some kind of special, you know, uh, alignment. I just think that, you know, what, what they see is a guy that is, has linebacker skills who can, you can deploy as, as a linebacker in, in certain situations and he'll be more than enough athletic to kind of do that job. But then on top of that has kind of a varied enough skill set. He's played enough positions in, in high school and college that, you know, if you want to deploy him in a way that is kind of unconventional, uh, you know, it feels like he could probably handle that role as well. He seems like a smart kid, you know, obviously yeah. super, super high football IQ. Uh, and those are the kind of guys. He's going to need some time though. Like, yeah. Cause he's really only been playing linebacker for a few years. So I, I won't be surprised if he's one of these guys, it's like a, game day inactive the first seven or eight weeks of the season. And then they try to slowly integrate him on special teams and defense. Well, I mean, look, I mean, just kind of going back to what our evaluations were of him in college, I've viewed him as a, you know, assignments, uh, assignment linebacker, you know, not like in um, uh, an instinctual linebacker, right? Yeah. Like he's not, he's not like, he's a guy that you want to give an assignment or a specific job on a snap, right? Like, Hey, blitz or hey you just cover the running back or you know what i'm saying like I, I think where he still is kind of learning the position is going through the progression of his reads and understanding oh okay the guard's foot has turned this direction i need to follow his hip oh wait there's mixed direction going the other direction you know eye discipline and and, and knowing your keys and cues like those are things that kind of take some time so i, I think if the cowboys do want to play over sean this year they probably could but I think that the, the kind of key to doing that is is less situations where he's having to act instinctually as a linebacker, more situations where you give him a specific assignment. Like I said, blitzing, cover this that way guy. You can just be athletic. Yeah. Like just go yeah. be athletic and don't overthink things. Right. Go green dog uh, J- Jalen Hurts, right? Like, exactly. like blitz no. and then cover him. Like just like very specific singular assignments that he can follow. Because like I said, He's a smart kid, uh, but I, I think that there's still some instinct part of of playing linebacker that he's going to have to learn, and and trying to learn that at the NFL speeds, like that's a very difficult thing yes. to do. So they need to give him specific jobs if they want to do have him doing more than just be a special teams player or a game day inactive. We should also mention the Cowboys drafted a linebacker, Devin Harper, in the 2022 draft. He was really thought to be more of a special teams guy. Uh, Isaiah Land, an undrafted free agent defensive end, is kind of making the transition to linebacker. But do you think this is a position that the Cowboys could potentially go out and add 
another veteran free agent. Remember, Anthony Barr played like 800 snaps for this team yeah. last year. Any interest there at all? I, I mean, I, I would say no, but honestly, I was surprised by Anthony Barr signing last year. So, you know, keeping that in mind, I, I would say that it, it certainly feels possible um, simply because I don't know that the Cowboys are in a much worse situation, I mean, or much better situation than they were uh, at this point last year. I guess the difference is, is that you know kind of a little bit better what you've got in Damone Clark. Well, you're just you're healthier, definitely... right? Because yeah. you went into you know July last year with Damone Clark and Jabril Cox both being banged up, right? Yeah. So I think at the very least, you're going to go in and see what you've got. Yeah, and then like if, if you don't feel like it's enough, then maybe you go get a veteran linebacker. But I, I wouldn't... I mean, honestly, I, I I doubt that they would bring in somebody of the same ilk as as uh, Barr. You know, it'd probably be more of a kind of a down roster guy because I, I do really think that they want to give Barr and Co- I mean Barr, uh, uh, Cox and uh, Clark the opportunity to take that job because obviously yep. the the money and the upside. I, and I don't think they would make a signing until. <laughs> right before week one or potentially just after week one, right? Like I'm, I'm, let these guys have every single rep in training camp and especially the preseason. Like yeah. I feel like oh, Jabril yeah. Cox and Overshawn and preseason just need to play, play a, a bunch. There's really no reason to clog up the roster before, before we get to cut down. It's really no different than running back. Like we've mentioned no, before where you just, no. you've got a lot of the guys. You think you have some talent here. You think you may have enough on the roster already to d- fill the position, but you got to confirm it in training camp. And if it doesn't get confirmed in training camp, then you may need to circle back with the free agent. Market. I will say the only difference between running back and linebacker is I feel less confident about there being quality options available in late August and September compared to running back. It just doesn't feel like when I mean, you look around the league, the, the there's not very many good linebackers. So I, if there's a guy that you love, I wouldn't wait to sign him. But I, looking at the free agent market right now, I don't think there's anybody that's like jumping off the page or anything like that. Well, I, I would say the only difference there is that I could look at the running back market and be convinced that a couple of these guys might be better than Malik Davis. I don't know if I'm looking at the linebacker market and, and thinking that any of these guys are guys that's that right. I want to sign in front of Damone Clark. Uh, you know, yeah. so I, I think – that there's just a little bit more unknown at the running back position, I think, which is fine because running back is a position that it's a young man's game. I think the linebacker position, at least you have a a level of minimal confidence with Clark based on what he did last year, that he could come in and take that job and and fight off any veteran presence. hundred percent agree. Linebacker, really interesting position kind of going into the, the, the season. You've got one established veteran and then basically three young kids who haven't played a lot of football in the NFL. It's going to be really exciting to watch. That is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Go check out our show on YouTube. Uh, you can go follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Cowboys. You can follow Landon on Twitter at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. 
They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.